Praise God. I want you to open your Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew, the first chapter, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 23. Matthew verse, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. How many of you know that the Lord sometimes speaks to us in dreams? Amen? Not all the time, and not every dream is of the Lord. You know, the dream that you had may have been a result of something that you ate or something that you watched that you shouldn't have watched before you went to bed. But we're not going to camp there right now. But the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And verse 21 And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name... What's his name? His name is Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. That's good news. He shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying... Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Oh, praise God. That's the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, where it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign... Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. It is good to know in the day in which we live that God is with us. Isn't it good to know that he said in his word that he would never ever leave us nor would he forsake us. When I think of the word God, God is love. So Emmanuel, God with us, we could say it this way, Emmanuel, love is with us. Love is here. Love is with you. He's with you in your midnight hour. He's with you in a great day. He's with you what seemingly might be a down day. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. God, love is with you. And when we get a wonderful, great revelation of how much God loves us, that will help us live our daily lives with a consciousness of his presence all around us. Say with me, God is with me. He's with me in my family. He's with me in my business. He is with me every day. Oh, God is with you. God is with you. 
I'm telling you what, if that just could dawn on the inside of every born-again believer, it would literally change their outlook on life. You do not want to go through life without God. We will never, ever make it without Him. The good news is this, is we are not without Him. But we must be conscious of this fact that He is with us. We must cultivate this glorious truth that love is with me. Amen. Amen. I love Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. It says, fear not. You know, fear not is used over 110 times in the Bible. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. Let me just stop right there. God is love. And what does perfect love do? Perfect love, full-grown love, developed love, being conscious of how much He loves you and I, it will do what? It will cast out all fear. Amen. Amen. Now notice, fear not, there is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Say it with me. The great I am. He is with me today. Then he goes on to say, do not look around you in terror or be dismayed. Now the word dismayed there means confused. And he instructs us, because I'm with you, refuse to look and to think about those terror-filled thoughts that try to fill your mind and lead you down a wrong path. For every thought that is full of terror that brings bondage, there is a truth in God's Word that brings freedom and brings glorious liberty. And so he says, do not look around you in terror or be dismayed. The word dismayed there means don't allow yourself to be confused. Don't allow yourself to be confused by what's going on in this world. What's happening in this world is happening according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of the enemy, right? But we are not to be confused by that because we know one thing, that the greater one lives in us. We know that the greater one is with us. Amen? So he says here now, Do not look around you in terror. You've got to be disciplined these days in what you're looking at. Because what you look at and what you behold, you will become. And the more that you look at something and think about it and meditate on it, it becomes a part of you. And so he's telling you, I'm with you. I love you. Be not afraid, be not dismayed, do not look around you and tear, for I am your God. He is your God. Say with me, He is my God. He is my God. I am your God, and I will strengthen you, and I will harden you to what? To difficulties. Now, every one of us go through difficult times. But the God who is with us will harden us and enable us to go through those difficulties and come out on the other side of what would seem to be a very impossible situation. 
But the God who is with us is a God with whom there are no impossibilities. And all things are possible to him that believeth. So he's going to harden us to difficulties. Now notice this. Yes, I'll help you. Can anybody in the house say, I need plenty of help? Well, you got the helper. His help is with you. Praise God. I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. Now, notice with me that he says here, he says, I'm going to hold you up. In other words, because my hand is upon you and because I am with you, you do not have to go down because I'm upholding you. Folks, if he upholds all this whole universe by the word of his power, he surely will uphold you. If he keeps the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything moving in this universe, he can take care of our building payments. He can take care of your PG&E bill. He can take care of your body. He is with you. He loves you. I want this to get real strong in your spirit this Christmas season. Amen. That he's upholding me by the word of his power. Everyone lift up your hands like this and say, He is... Upholding me by the word of his power. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, there's going to be some tough times. We all face them. We all go through them. You may be going through a tough time right now. But I like what the psalmist said. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Woo, glory to God. Yeah, I'm going through it, but I'm not afraid. Because the God who upholds this entire universe is with me. Amen. A matter of fact, in the Psalms, the 91st chapter and the 14th and the 15th verse says something like this. Because we have set our love upon Him. How many of you have set your love upon Him? Amen. Do you love Him with all your heart? Amen. With all your mind? Amen. With everything you got? Amen. Well, because you have set your love upon me, here's what I will do. I like to know what God said He'd do. He says, therefore, will I deliver Him. And I will do what? Set him on high because he has known my name. Oh, friends, we need to know the name of Jesus. Now, notice the next verse, and let's read this together. This is good food today. Amen. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. Oh, you want him to be with you in trouble. You know, the Bible never said that we'd not have any trouble. He said over in Psalms, I believe 34, somewhere around there, he said, many are the troubles of the righteous. Now, the King James Version uses the word afflictions. Now, afflictions is another word for tests, trials, or we could say troubles. So many are the afflictions or the troubles of the righteous, but, but what? 
the Lord who is with us, what does he do? He delivers you and I out of each and every one of them. Amen. He's not just with you in your trouble. He's with you to deliver you. He's with you to bring you out of your troubles. Amen. Creflo Dollar said many years ago, he said, what we need to do is start troubling the troublemaker. You know what troubles the troublemaker? When you're not moved by what you see. When you're not moved by what you feel. But you're moved only by what you believe. I'll tell you what else gets him really, really upset is when you start counting it all joy right in the middle of your trouble. I mean, it just drives one that is already crazy, crazier. What do you say? This Christmas season, when trouble shows up, we declare it's not going to show out my life. But rather, I'm going to trouble my troublemaker. You know what else troubles the troublemaker? Is when you speak God's word. Every symptom of your body may be raging. The bills may be piling up. But if you will say what God's word says, it literally will cause him to run from you as in terror. Amen. He said, call upon me and I will answer you. Amen. Now notice here in John 16 verse 33. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. I hope this message has given you a sense of peace. I hope this message is building your faith and causing you to be more confident in this life. He said, in the world you will have tribulations and trials and distresses. And what else will you have? Frustration. But, you know, you got to pay attention to the buts in the Bible. But, everyone say, but... See, if he would have stopped there, we'd go home kind of depressed. Uh-uh. He said, but... Be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. What else? Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I have overcome the world. Now notice this last phrase. Let's read it together. And I have deprived it of power to harm you. I'm declaring this over this congregation that you have been given authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And I'm prophesying over you that there is nothing that shall by any means hurt you or harm you. Oh, say it with me real strong. God, Emmanuel, He is with us. See, for every test that we face, there is triumph available, but it's required for us to trust Him. Are you trusting Him? Are you trusting Him? Are you exercising your faith in Emmanuel, God, who is with us? A second relationship that we have with Emmanuel, God, with us, is not He's not only with us, but how many of you know He's for us? Amen. He is for us. Amen. In Romans, the 8th chapter, and uh, the 31st verse. Now, I believe this is the amplified version. It says this. 
What then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, if God is for the Warriors, what difference does it make how good the Boston Celtics are, right? Now, that isn't what the verse says. What shall we say to all of this? If God be for us, you need to know that He's for you. He's not against you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? You got God on your side. You got God on your team. He's the biggest. He's the baddest. He is God. And He's with you. And He's for you. And He's on your side. Oh, He's on our side. He's on our team. Amen. Woo, glory to God. I like what the message translation says on that verse. It says something like this. It says, with God on our side like this, how can we lose? Say this with me. With God on my side, how can I lose? If God is for you, what difference does it make who's against you? Save me, he's with me, and he's for me. Now, a lot of folks have difficulties believing that because they don't have a real revelation of how much God loves them. They think that God's mad at them. They think that God is upset with them. So as a result, in believing that for a number of years... They live under a cloud of condemnation. They live as if that they could never please God. That they could never do enough to get God's approval. There could be nothing further from the truth. When you got born again, when you became a child of God, you instantly got His approval. He is not disapproved by you you are approved and you are accepted in the beloved. Amen. 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 He is not mad at you. He is not down on you. So the question I would ask you is why are you down on yourself? God doesn't want you to be down on yourself. He wants you to get an understanding and a revelation that you are a new creation in Christ, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that you are His masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. And the more that you can build these truths into your spirit, the more you're going to have a revival of self-worth. What we need is a rebirth... (laughs) from the Word of God of self-worth. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Oh, say it with me. God is with me and God is for me. Now, I know this might be new to some of you. I understand that many of you understand and many of you are tracking with what I'm saying. 
But your days of living under a cloud of condemnation can be over with and the lights can go on for you if you will just take time in this word. This word will enter into your spirit and it will give you light. It will cause the lights to come on. Amen? So don't be down on yourself. You are one of one. One of one. What we need to do then is we need to value and honor and highly esteem that He is with us and He is for us. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 and right on through verse 39. Romans chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Can we say amen at least in this house? (laughs) Glory to God. Say amen if you can. Romans the 8th chapter. Love these verses here. Notice again, we'll read in verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Now that's just another one way of saying, it is God that has made you righteous. It is God that justifies. It is the devil that condemns, but it is God that justifies. Amen. Amen? I heard this statement years ago, justified means justified, never sinned. That's the way that God sees you. Now notice again. He said, he said, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that has died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh what? Now, what is intercession? That's a, that's a form of prayer. Now, what does that mean? God's praying for us. He's interceding on our behalf. He's our great high priest. Isn't it good to know that he's praying for you right now, seated at the right hand of God? The Bible says that's why he ever liveth. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Oh, glory to God. He sees us in our particular situation and he is surrounding us with prayer. Amen. So he's making intercession for us. Verse 35. I want you to answer these questions. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No one. Shall tribulation? No. How about distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Or sword? No. As it is written, verse 36, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Notice in verse 37, I want you to read it real strong with me. Nay, in all these things, Oh, let's read it one more time. Nay, in all these things, we are more Glory to God. Because He's with you and because He's for you, in all these things, we are still more than conquerors. And it's because that He loves us and His hand is upon us for good. 
His hand is upon us. His hand is upon your family. His hand is upon your children. His hand is upon your grandchildren. His hand is upon you. His hand is upon this church. Whoo, glory to God. Say it with me. The hand of the Lord is upon me. You know, when the hand of the Lord is upon you, that brings you into a high degree of the favor of the Lord. Now notice in verse 38 and verse 39, love these verses. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, or things present, or things to come, read verse 39 with me, shall ever separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. He is with us, He is for us, and He is on our side. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. I'm getting happy up here. Thank you, Lord. Now, turn with me, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. In Psalms 118, verses 6 and verse 7. Notice this. And I want you to read it with me. Ready? Read. Now I know, Lord, that you are for me, and I will never fear what man can do to me. For you stand beside me as my hero who rescues me. I've seen with my own eyes the defeat of my enemies. I have triumphed over them all. Amen. Now that's good food right there, right? Now you think that's good. Look at the NLT translation. This is really good. You ready to read again? Ready, read. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. Another translation says, I look in triumph on my enemies. What he's saying, when I see my enemies, I see their defeat. I do not see my enemies overcoming me. I see me overcoming my enemy and triumphing over them just as Jesus triumphed over death, hell, and the grave and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. So what he's saying here... When I look at my enemies, I see their defeat. When I look at my enemies, I see that they're under my feet. When I look at my enemies, I'm not moved. Because he's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And even though the enemy is here and he may be there, glory to God, I'm not going to be afraid. So what he is literally saying to us is this. When I see my enemies... I only see victory in Jesus. I only see victory in Jesus. 
when I see my enemies, I don't shrink back in fear at how big and bad he is. Because my enemy ain't so big and he ain't so bad because I've got the king of kings on the inside of me. So when I'm looking at my enemy, I see his defeat. When I'm looking at my enemies, all I can see is victory in my life. Oh, we used to sing a song, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Amen. Somebody shout if you've been given the victory. He said over here in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you look into the perfect law of liberty and you stay with it, it'll change the way you see your circumstances. It'll change the way you see doctor's reports. It'll change the way that you see Wall Street. It'll change the way that you see COVID-19. It'll change the way that you see things. You will look down on your enemies because you've been literally raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When I see my enemies, I only see their defeat. When I see my enemies, all I see is victory. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Now, the third relationship that you and I have with Emmanuel is not only is he with us and not only is he for us and on our side, but he's in us. Aren't you glad he's in you? You don't have to look any further for help. The God, Emmanuel, he's with us. And how is he with us? He's with us by the person and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad you got the Holy Ghost? He said, know ye not that you're the temple of the living God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? He said, you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are the very temple of the Holy Ghost. Now here's what he said. Over here in John 14, 16, and 17, he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray the Father that he would give you another comforter that he may abide with you until next week. He'll be with you for a while. No, he said, I'm going to abide or I'm going to live with you forever. Now and forever. And forever is a long time. And then he says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither know him, but you know him. Point at yourself and say, but I know him. I know him. Now notice the rest of this phrase. For he dwelleth with you. Amen. But now notice the rest. And he shall beware. Be in you. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. We face... We face so many challenges in life. Every one of us do. We've got this to do and we've got that to do and we've got here to go and, and there to go. 
There's so many things going on sometimes all at once. Can, can I get a witness? Thank you for those two nods. But sometimes it seems as if life can be overwhelming. Right? But I like what the psalmist said. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now here's the good news. In the midst of an overwhelming situation, you've got the helper. You've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. And what he will do is he will lead you and he will guide you and he will direct you through storms, through tests and through trials. He's there on the inside. He's not just hitchhiking a ride through life. He's in you to put you over. He is in you to give you the help and the confidence that you need to face life's difficulties. Amen. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Let me go over here. Can I get a better amen over here? All right. Glory to God. We're all good. How about everybody else? Let's say amen. Let the church say amen. Now, make sure that you don't ignore him. Make sure that you don't take this wonderful, precious gift of the Holy Ghost for granted. He is your holy guest. You know, many of you will have guests come into your home on Christmas. Hopefully, they're the kind of guests you want. But many of you will have guests. And you're going to treat your guests with honor. You're going to treat your guests with respect. You don't just let your guest stay in the other room while you and your little family go to the dinner table and have a feast. No, you don't ignore your guests. You, ignore, you include your guests. Amen. And I think too much and too many times Christians have ignored the holy guest. He's precious. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows his plans that he has for your life. And we can receive the helper in times that we need help. One way that we can do so is by praying much in the Holy Ghost. Praying much in the Holy Ghost, or another way to say it is this, praying in other tongues, will help you become aware of this precious Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's high time that each and every one of us become more God inside minded. That we become more Holy Ghost inside minded. Amen. Now notice with me in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians the second chapter and the 20th verse. Say with me, Emmanuel... God is with us, God is for us, and God is living in us. Here's what Paul, writing to the church of Galatia, said. He said this in verse 20 in Galatians 2. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. That's how God sees us. 
When he was crucified, we were crucified. When he was buried, we were buried. When he died, we died. But when he rose up, we rose up. So this has to do with identification, who we are in Christ, the way God sees us. He said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but who's living in me? Christ living in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. Now look over at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. How many of you are expecting good things the rest of this year? Over and above. How many are expecting the goodness of the Lord to show up and to show out the rest of this year? Well, I haven't seen anything happen yet this year. Well, the year ain't over yet. And it ain't over till it's over. It is very helpful for us to have a high expectation of good coming our way. You know what dread is, don't you? Dread is a manifestation of fear. And dread always has an expectation of the worse. But hope and faith in God has an expectation of the goodness of God showing up in every area of our lives. Expectation. Everyone say expectation. expectation. Now look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. It says over here, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles. Read the rest with me. Let's say that again. Which is Christ in you. What this is saying, Christ is in us, and because he's in us, we have a great hope. We have a great, the word hope there literally means expectation. Because Christ is living in me, and I've cultivated that relationship with him by abiding in him in the secret place. I now have a great expectation of the glory of God showing up in every area of my life. Everything good showing up. And expectation because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Glory to God. So say it with me. God is with me. God is for me. And God's on the inside of me. In closing, I think, turn over to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Notice this. In the Amplified Version, it says, Little children, you are of God. You belong to Him. I'm glad we belong to Him. And have already defeated and overcome them. The agents of the Antichrist. Now, how many of you know that there's an antichrist spirit that's in the world right now? You, I mean, you can see it everywhere. Listen very carefully. Anything that doesn't line up with the word of God is a violation of light. And a violation of light 
if lived out and acted upon as a way of life, will yield oneself to an antichrist spirit. Antichrist. In other words, against the Christ. Anything, and we won't go into a lot of details, but anything that is not in agreement with the B-I-B-L-E is not from God. It's from an anti-Christ spirit. And the spirit of antichrist is all over this world. But we don't want to be thinking negatively this morning. We'd rather not think about the antichrist. What do you say we think about the Christ? The Christ. What is the Christ? The Christ is the anointed one. The Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. So we're not going to allow ourselves to go down that road of antichrist. We're not going to allow ourselves to go down uh, the way or the way that the world is flowing and operating. And it's out there. And there's pressure to conform to this world. There is pressure. And that's why Paul instructs us in Romans 12, in verse 2, he instructs us, be not conformed to this world. The way of the world is not the way of God. We love those that are in the world. We'll do our very best to witness to those that are in the world, but we are not going their way. Amen. We do not have to do what they're doing to persuade them to come into the family of God. I don't have to go to their bars and drink their booze and get drunk just trying to be user-friendly. I don't have to use what they're using to ease my pain or to relate to them. We're not going the way of the world. We're going the way of the Word. We're not going the way of Antichrist. We're going the way of the Christ. So there's pressure there to conform to this world. I quoted it and I'll quote it again. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to what? To this world or to the spirit of this age. But rather be transformed or changed by what? By the renewing of your mind through what? Through the word of God. The word of God will show us the way to live. The word of God will change the way that we think. The word of God will transform us to the degree that it will change the way that we talk. It'll change the way that we walk. It'll change the way that we live. We can live above the beggarly elements of this world because we have been transformed. We have been changed. We have been renewed. We have put off the old man and we've put on the new man. And this new man in Christ Jesus is born of God with a full assurance that God is with us. God is for us and God is in us. Amen. So I'm not buying the lie. I'm not buying the lie. I refuse to buy the lies of the Antichrist. And you can go from A to Z. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. I'm bought with a price. 
And because I'm bought with a price, I don't have to buy what the world is selling. I don't have to buy what the devil is peddling. I'm bought with a price. I'm a purchased possession. And I've been transformed. And I've been changed. He's changed me. He's changed you. Let His construction in your life begin today. Let Him do a thorough work in your life. I encourage you. Listen, folks. This world has nothing to offer you. This world will eat you up and spit you out. I know what I'm talking about. I lived in the world. I used what the world used. All those things caused me to be spiritually bankrupt. But oh, thank God for the blood. I thank God for the blood. The blood of Jesus breaks the power of the spirit of this world's system. I love it. I love it when he says, come out from among them and be separate. God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Look, folks, it's his people that are going to make a difference in this world, in this day, in this hour. It is His people that are going to herald the good news in every nation. It's His people, not just pastors, not just PT and myself and others, but it's His people that are going to be called upon in the final act of His glory where there comes a sweeping of great harvest into the kingdom and into the family of God. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you are candidates for that? His people. His people shall be volunteers in the day of His power. Hallelujah. So God will give you a filter. This is your filter. Filter everything that you're hearing in the news every lie that the world system wants you to buy filter everything through this word does the word say it if the word doesn't say it I'm not buying it I'm not having it hallelujah hallelujah Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Mm-mm-mm.